Welcome to Northgate service. If you're expecting Pastor Dan this morning, uh, speaking on 1 Corinthians, uh, he's taking the week off, but uh, he asked me to share this morning. My name is uh, Caleb Dodds. I've been attending Northgate for a couple years. Uh, just to get started, I'd like to read from Micah chapter 6, verse 6 to 8. It says, What shall I come with? What shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Or some other versions make this more explicit in the last verse. They say, no, saying no, none of the above, all the things he talks about, the religious uh regulations that's not what the lord requires what he requires is to what is good uh, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god despite being a christian for well 40 odd years uh, i've learned something over the past couple years um, that i wanted to uh, share with you today um, i don't know about you if you've been a christian for a while or not for a while but uh, for much of my life, there's a couple of verses that I've struggled with. Uh, verses like Matthew 30, or Matthew 11:30, "For my yoke is easy and my burden is light," or 1 John 5:3 says, "In fact, this is the love, this is love for God to keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome." This didn't really reflect my reality. Um, quite honestly, I found living Christian life difficult. Uh, my life never seemed to measure up to what I often heard described as the Christian experience or what the Christian experience should be. Um, you know, it led to doubt. If this was real, why was my experience so lacking? Um, you know, if I lacked desire to pray, if I found it difficult, uh, if I didn't get a whole lot out of going to church, why didn't I? Uh, if I found it easy to go all day long without thinking of God, or couldn't understand how God fit into my, my job, and often many things I enjoyed doing. If I continue to struggle with the same sin and guilt, how is that reflected in the, the verses of my yoke is easy and uh, that his commands are not burdensome? Why was my experience so difficult? A couple years ago, God uh, essentially pulled the rug out from under me in a couple of ways um, and left me with a couple of sort of questions that I was struggling with, um, but questions that over the past couple of years, um, as I've explored them, he, I have learned so much from him. Um, the two questions really were, did I trust him? Which seems pretty simple, but was that, did I really trust God? And was he enough? Um, was there other things I needed in my life to have peace and joy? Or was it enough just to have Jesus? And, you know, those were two tough questions. If he was real, did I really trust him? And was he enough for me? So I wanted to share some of what I've learned about those. Um... And I guess I have two fears as I do this. One is that, uh, quite simply, I've been slow to learn, and the rest of you all have got this already. Um, so if that's the case, uh, I'm glad for you. <laughs> and uh, um, hopefully, but hopefully some of you will, will, lear will learn from this. I guess the other fear is, as I speak about this, it will sound like I've got it all figured out, and uh, I don't. It's a learning experience. I continue to grow and to learn, but... Uh, I certainly have learned over the past couple of years, and I'm hoping some of it's helpful uh, to you. Uh, so going back to, um, to Micah 6.8, what, 
what does the Lord require of us? What, what makes a life full of peace and joy, the life that he wants us to have, the Bible promises to us? And Micah 6, 8 makes, that pretty, uh, makes it pretty simple. Um, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly uh, with, with God. Matthew 22, uh, 36 to 39 is again a fairly similar, um, well, I think sums it up in a different way. It says, there was a question, uh, teacher, or asking Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what does God want from us? What does he desire? Um, how does he want us to live? And so it's, it's fairly simple. In humility, to love him and to love others. That's it. The old saying, I guess, for kids, Jesus first, others next, and ourself last. And I guess if I could stop there, and that's all you remember, um, I'd be content. It, that's all God wants from us. If we, that's all we do, we trust him, uh, love him in humility, put others first, we'll find that we get the life that he wants, the peace and joy. But I'll expand on that a bit. Um, what I've learned goes, I think, a little bit deeper. And really, each of these things could, in their own, um, have uh, probably be an entire lesson. But uh, I'll touch on them fairly briefly. First of all, I am forgiven. You know, we, we talk about that as, as Christians, that God has forgiven us, but do we really get what that means? My sins are completely gone, as far as the east is from the west, God says. God views me as completely forgiven. He doesn't see my sins there anymore. My conscience will point out that I'm sinning, and we want that. We want, I want God to, to, to point out when I'm, uh, or the Holy Spirit through my conscience, to point out when I am sinning. But often, I create my own level of anxiety, embarrassment, um, a guilt that drives me away from God. It's got nothing to do with my conscience. Um, they come from the, my old nature and from the devil and his lies. If I'm embarrassed, if I'm anxious, that that's really a, points to me that I don't understand really how bad I am, how weak I am. God sees it. He knows me. But often I want, I'm not humble enough to figure that out. And I've discovered it's not God. It, that's me. A lot of that um, anxiety, the embarrassment, the pain that comes when I keep sinning is, is, comes from myself, not from God. He sees me as completely forgiven. So we, I want to confess to him. I want to let him know. We want to let him know that we, we understand we've sinned when we sin. We want to restore the relationship that, that he wants with us. Um, but it's on our end that's the problem. He, he already views that as restored. He, um, he has forgiven us. He's completely taken our sins away. He's, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8, verse 1. So I'm not going to shock God by sinning. I'm not going to shock him by who I am. I may shock myself, which I think is often the case, because I don't really see how, uh, how weak, how, how much evil I have in me. But uh, God says, confess to him. He's faithful and just to forgive. He wants to restore that relationship and move on. So the first part of living this life is to really trust in God's forgiveness. The second piece would be to really just trust in God. God is trustworthy. Um, 
we can trust in his providence. It's not a word we maybe use in some circles a lot, but I think I'd bought into a view that God was, was far off. I believed he did miracles sometimes, that he would uh, give me direction at times in my life. He might call me in a certain direction, but I didn't, I'd lost sight of how close he was to me all the time, how involved he was in my life, uh, in the world around me. Uh, there's lots of verses in the Bible that talk to, speak to that. Uh, Matthew 6, 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Uh, not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Uh, Acts 17, 25, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. I love science. I'm absolutely fascinated by the amazing universe um, around us. Uh, the God's put a, an, um, created an amazing place with uh, rules uh, and interactions that he has sort of set in place that the, that the universe runs by, continues to run on. Um, you can look from physics to astronomy to biology to chemistry. Uh, as you dig in, you discover how amazing it is, but also how um, it follows a number of rules that God has, has set there. But somehow, despite those rules uh, and how the universe runs, God is completely in involved in all of it. A sparrow can't fall to the ground uh, outside of, of his providence. Uh, our very next breath is held in his hand. Everything around us um, is within God's, only happens within God's will or his providence. I don't understand that. I don't understand how that happens given the, the, the rules um, that that the world around us runs by at a physical level. I don't understand how it, how it works given that he's given us freedom to make choices, um, to do right and wrong, and that we are responsible for those choices. But it's clear from the Bible that, that he has. Um, so he made all of it. Um, but nothing, and nothing happens outside of his will. When we pray, we ask, and we have faith that, that God will provide, but we're not asking him to do anything that he's not already doing. He's already interacting in everything in some way around us. Um, the rain falls, a seed grows or doesn't grow, um, a cancer cell replicates or, or not, mutates, um, a diseased cell in our body lives or dies. How does God do any of this? Uh, how does he affect people's decisions? I've got no idea, but he is doing it all the time. His will is being done um, as he interacts with the world. So I can trust him when I will, because he's there, he's intimately involved in everything. I can trust him. Um, that's all he's asking for about us. Like, like the man who came to Jesus saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I can come to him and, and ask him and trust that he will. If it's in his will, his providence, if it's what's best for me, he will act. He can act. And I think we limit, at least I've limited in his past, um, his power, his desire to act like that. I've seen him as far off, but he's there acting all the time. And understanding that makes um, the reality of who he is, my relationship with him, and his desire for me so much more real. I've been reading through Hebrews 11 recently, um, where the people in the Old Testament are commended for their faith, a number of them. 
the, we call it sometimes the, the Hall of Fame of Faith or something along that lines. Um, the people there, when you look at them, were not perfect people. Initially, a lot of them, or some of them anyways, doubted. Their faith wavered. But in the end, they trusted God to do what he could do. God is everywhere. He sustains everything. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. So we can trust in his forgiveness, but we can also trust in his will, his providence, his ability, his desire, his just being there to, to act on his will and to, to work for our good in everything. That relieves really all worry if we, can, if we can get a hold of that. And that's not easy a lot of the time. The third thing that I've learned, um, and again, none of these are probably things you haven't heard before, but they've certainly become more real to me, is that the Christian life is not about religion. It's not about rules. It's not about theology. And we have incredible freedom in Christ. God's not asking us to follow rules. He asks that we trust him, we love him. Um, there's nothing we can do that he needs from us. There's nothing, no way we can serve him that he actually needs. There's no way we can act better than the day before. He doesn't need that from us. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Our good actions, our attempts... Sorry, my notes are blowing away. Our, our attempts to please him through our actions, if it doesn't come from a faith, from our heart, from a love for him, are useless. Uh... To him, to us, it's our heart and faith that he wants. We can't get there through, through rules, through actions, through behavior. Um, if you look at what Jesus talked about so much through the Gospels, when he was talking to the disciples, when he was talking to the Pharisees, it was, it was none of it was about rules. It was all about changing heart. Um, any action that we do that isn't driven from a change in heart, that isn't driven out of our love for him, out of our love for others, it just has no value. We're not going to convince him of anything by acting through behavior that isn't driven from, a, from our heart. We can't fool him. He knows us. I haven't performed sort of an interesting experiment, one I was hesitant to do um, over the last number of years, uh, last couple years as he's been teaching me. And that was, um, there's always been things that I wanted to do, but felt for some reason that I shouldn't as a Christian. Not because I had a real sincere conscious, uh, something in my conscience about it, but it just seemed like, you know, a so-called not a Christian thing to do. And there was things I was doing, things I was doing in service that honestly I was doing more out of uh, probably compulsion, guilt, uh, feeling someone needed to do it for a lot of reasons doing these things. Um, but again, not because I felt called that my heart, my conscience was saying, this is an opportunity to, God wants you to act here. Uh, it wasn't out of a love for God or a love for others, or a pure love for God or pure love for others anyways. Um, and so I decided to stop doing those things or to start doing, allow myself to start doing the things that I felt uh, I wanted to. Um, I certainly prayed and asked God to, to be my conscience, to use my conscience through his spirit to, to guide me if any of these things were wrong, to guide me into what he wanted me to do. And this has been incredibly freeing. It is a move away from rules, 
from what other people thought, think Christians sh- or how they should act, uh, to how I thought maybe a Christian should act, to freedom in Christ, but a freedom that is guided by um, my conscience, by my love for him, um, by my love for others. And that has led to me starting to do things that uh, I wasn't doing before, uh, maybe reaching out to people in ways I wasn't. Um, and in, in doing things and discovering I have a freedom to do them, I enjoy them. Um, and they may not be a definition of exactly how a Christian is supposed to act, and certainly other people might look at me and say, ah, that's, that's not a Christian thing. But uh, as long as I believe my heart is right with God, I've realized I can do them. And then, in the past couple of weeks ago, talked about certainly our responsibility to, to not um, do things that would offend others or cause others to stumble. And I certainly believe that's part of our, our love for, for others. But there's, uh, there's also a freedom to, to act uh, for ourselves and not be guided by rules that we may have made up on our own, um, that others may have made up, um, that define somehow how a Christian is supposed to act. And that leads me to the next point, which again may be fairly obvious, but God is pleased with me being me. He made me who I am. Um, he gave me a personality. Um, and he made me different from, from lots of other people. And he meets me where I am, that person that he created. Sorry, my notes again. Uh, the per- person he created. Uh, he didn't make me like everyone else. I don't act like everyone else. Um, and I don't have the same, the same relationship with him that other people do. So other people may, may, I may see other people and they seem to may act in a way that's more spiritual, that I may perceive as being more spiritual. Uh, they may speak or pray better than I think I can. Uh, they may describe spiritual experiences that I don't experience. They may appear less sinful than I am. But if I compare myself to them and seek what they have, I'm still not seeking after what God wants. God wants me, the person he made me in his image. Um, And that may be quite different from the relationship and the experience that other people and the way he works with them. So rather than trusting in what other people define or I hear from other people, I simply trust that he will work in me, that I will trust in his his forgiveness. I will trust in the knowledge that he's going to sanctify me. He's going to make me more holy over time. It's not something I can do, but uh, he can do that in me. I'm going to trust that his Holy Spirit's going to guide my conscience, my desires. um, And I'm going to seek, that's what I'm going to seek, but I'm not going to seek what someone else has and the the relationship or experience that they have. So, in summary, what have I learned? Um, The life God calls us to, that calls me to, is very simple. I think we often make things very difficult by by seeking something that we really already have completely available to us. We pursue satisfaction through all kinds of things. We pursue peace, through joy through these things. Um, material wealth, sometimes it's our ability to interact the world around us. Um, in success, our success, in the behavior or success of our kids, um, in acts of service that may be fantastic in and of themselves, but aren't done out of a, a love, pure love of God, or done for other reasons. Um, in obedience to, to rules, uh, to religion. But God says we already have what we need. We don't need to pursue peace and joy through any of that. The path to a, a peaceful and joyful life is straightforward. 
It's in trusting God. It's in trusting His forgiveness, uh, trusting His the process of Him making us more like Him, sanctification, making us more holy, however we want to word that. Um, trusting Him for our needs. And then living in freedom, without religion, without rules, uh, without guilt that other people put on us to live somehow like a Christian, or how they define as a Christian, but trusting God to guide us. Um, if we set aside our preconceptions of what a Christian is of of doing or pleasing or seeking as a Christian, um, it's it's just the life of loving God, of loving others, and looking forward in expectation to heaven. Um, because there's going to be difficult things here on earth. None of this gets rid of that. But all of this is in spite of, of uh, what the challenges that we're going to face on earth, the trials. 1 Corinthians 7.17 7, says, Let each person live the life God has assigned to him. God calls us to live at home, at work, um, at church, or just living in the culture and world, interacting with the people around us. Um, as a spouse, a child, a supervisor, um, as someone in retail or manual labor, as a Sunday school worker, friend, colleague, neighbor. Um, God calls us to that. That's our calling, our purpose. Um, sometimes we term it a vocation. And that's the life God has called us to. So if we set aside all of the other things and we go back to, can I trust God? And secondly, can I have the peace and joy um, that he promises without anything else? The answer is clearly yes. I just have to be willing to do that. I have to give up the other things that I may be trying to do and really live the simpler life of just trusting God, seeking to love Him, to love others, um, setting aside my own desires, and, and letting Him take me where He wants me. And that leads to peace and joy. Um, and that's incredible. And I've discovered it. It's, it's, it almost seems too easy. We want to make it harder. I want to make it harder. But I've discovered that there is peace and joy in that simplicity. Um, and so I wanted to share that with you. And hopefully that uh, is something that uh, helps you. Um, just to close off, sometimes we want, we believe we need to impact, we want to impact the world around us for Jesus. And I think that as we live in this peace and joy, as we live this life, as people see God shining through us, um, and us trusting him, he will use us. In that way, he will use us to, to achieve his will um, and impact the people we interact with around us. So I, uh, I trust that uh, God uses us, and uh, maybe I'll just take uh, a couple of minutes to pray, and then that will be it. Lord, we, uh, we do thank you that uh, you are amazing. You have given us all we need for a life of peace and joy. Uh, I pray for myself that you will just, uh, Lord, never let me lose sight of, of what you've done, your forgiveness, of who you are and how active you are in this world. Um, and Lord, that it's, it's love, not rules, actions, behavior that you want from me. I pray this for the people listening as well, too. I thank you for who you are and what you've given us. And ask all this in your name. Amen.